Hello and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life. I am very excited today to bring conversation with an amazing leader, Rick Chelko. Rick is a husband, a father. He is a Christian business owner, not just a Christian who runs a business. And I love the distinction that he makes in our conversation. He's also a, a ministry leader here in Northeast Ohio, involved with a couple of different organizations that we'll speak about here in the interview. So I'm excited to bring this conversation with you. I think uh, it's very meaningful and, and timely. And just before we get into that, a few things about ISI that I wanted to make sure everybody knew about. Uh, number one is we're doing something called the Stay Sharp Saturdays, which is a free one hour Zoom call. It's the first Saturday of each month. It's uh, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. Eastern. It's uh, about 20 minutes of fellowship, about a 15 minute devotional, and then just kind of 10 minutes of just uh, awesome conversation with the ISI tribe. It's totally free. It's just something that we wanted to do to help everybody stay sharp on their journey. Uh, other couple things I mentioned on the isilife.com, that's our website that houses everything that we're doing. It has all of our former podcasts. If you're looking for a particular F, uh, whether it be finance or fitness or one of the other Fs, they're all on there. And there's some refocusing tools to help you stay sharp, some great downloads and things that I think you will find very helpful. Some of them things that we've developed over the last couple of years as we've been growing the organization. Also important as events are starting to come back online and people are feeling more comfortable getting together and it's safer to do so. Uh, we have a list of all of our retreats in Cleveland, Columbus, Nashville, uh, men's and women's. So some awesome things to look forward to. Uh, there's also a weekly devotional. So just a short little nugget that goes along with our theme, which for 2021 is strong in the Lord. And there's some great things written by uh, different people from the ISI community, different people who are a part of what we're doing. And uh, last but not least, social media. We're on all the things, um, especially Instagram, the ISI man and the ISI woman, if you want to follow us and uh, along the way. So until next time, uh, think big, God bless and stay sharp. All right, Rick. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm excited to connect with you. Likewise, Nick. Been looking forward to it. Absolutely. And uh, I know there's a lot for us to discuss and get into, and I'm excited to do that. But before we dive into, you know, really faith and faculty, let's give us a, a little background on who you are and the 5,000 foot view. Yeah, well, Rick Chelko's story isn't that exciting, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a Cleveland guy. Uh, grew up in Westlake. And, uh, and I went to John Carroll, so, uh, you know, spent many years in Cleveland, and um, I grew up uh, in the Catholic Church. I now attend Bay Press, and I uh, was one of four boys. I was actually the youngest of four, uh, and that's probably a lot of who I am. Uh, mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, you know, playing ball with uh, bigger guys that uh, had stiff arms and uh, stuff. So I've always felt like I've been uh, fighting as an underdog uh, against my bigger brothers. Um, but uh, in any event, it was a great experience. I grew up in a nice, stable home. My dad worked at NASA. And, um, you know, we uh, – I was – I thought I would stay in Cleveland by my parents' house and, you know, that would be uh, the rest of my life. Uh, but right after college, I, I left town and – went to Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, then Columbus, and then uh, Philadelphia, and then, uh, oh, let me see, sorry, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Columbus, then back to Cleveland. You and, slowly uh, made your way back to Cleveland. Yeah, I did, and uh, it actually was a pretty quick, it was over over an eight-year period, okay. and um, 
and then I thought I was just going to be back in Cleveland for a couple of years, but uh, it was just so good to be back home with family and friends. And, you know, I like the quality of life here. I love the lake. Uh, you know, I love the business community, the sports teams and, and decided this was where we wanted to raise our family. And uh, so I left Prudential, who I worked with at the time. Um, and then I joined Ernst & Young and uh, started a consulting practice as part of their human resource consulting group. Oh, okay. And uh, had the opportunity to, uh, you know, enjoy being a part of ENY for nine years. Um, although my my career with them got um, changed as they went through changes in the uh, go go nineties, uh, we we got swallowed up by the management consulting practice, and I got uh, pulled into doing business process outsourcing, joint ventures in other parts of the world, and was doing a lot of international travel. Uh, so I, uh, really got away from my family, unfortunately. And, um, my daughter was in middle school. My son was in, or no, excuse me. My daughter was in high school. My son was in middle school. And, um, it was really a time where as much as I enjoy working for ENY, mm -hmm. I need to get home with my family. And, um, mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, I left and came back and, um, <clears throat> joined. What, a, um, go ahead. I was at that point yeah. I was curious, you know, I, your family wise, what, uh, what was the child situation and family dynamic at that point when you were kind of at that crossroad? Yeah, well, it was, you know, I'll never forget this one point in time where, uh, you know, when I left Prudential and joined ENY and I really got into the travel mode where my son said, I wish you would go back and take your other job. You know, um, <laughs> he was kind of crying and, you know, and I, and geez, it was painful. Um, and I'm like, mm. Oh boy, you know, um, I, I was doing well in my career. I was enjoying much of my work, but I wasn't enjoying the aspect that I was traveling so much, especially when I got into the international routine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I will never forget my wife saying, you know, even when you are home, mm. uh, you're not really home, uh, wow. because you know, you, I was working a deal in China, in Hong Kong at the time. And, um, you know, so I would go there for a couple of weeks and then I'd come back and, you know, you develop patterns of uh, how you live when you're by yourself on a consulting budget in Hong Kong and you come back and, you know, all of a sudden you're, I'm disrupting their pattern in the house sure. and, uh, and I'm trying to do phone calls with the team and they're t 12 hours off. So, you know, mm. their eight in the morning uh, is my eight at night. And, uh, you know, it just, it was a, it was not a fun way to uh, be trying to balance work and life. Yeah, that seems like a, a tension was growing there or was obviously existing for yeah. you. I mean, when when uh, my wife told me that, and I'm so appreciative that she did tell me and she didn't just, you know, chew her words and eat them, um, you know, I said, I can fix this. Mm. You know, I, I and I resigned uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, breakfast wow. with my boss. I remember telling him that, you know, uh, I've got to get back home with my family. And, um, hmm. and he told me, uh, I'll never forget. He told me that, uh, his plan was to have a relationship with his kids when they were adults. And, wow. uh, and I, it was all I could do not to jump out of my chair and say, well, tell me how that works out. Because <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> oh I'm not going to take that risk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I mean, if anything makes you just jump out and, and get back on the plane immediately, that, yeah, that'd probably yeah, be it. 
Yeah. I wasn't, uh, wasn't willing to do that. Uh, we needed to, we needed to have ISI going back then to share it with that guy. Yeah. yeah and, and, and he was a good guy, uh, well-intentioned, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, there's a lot so, of, there's a lot of good people and, 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 and we all at times, you know, get caught up in work and, uh, and success and, and money and stuff like that. And, and it can be a, a real elixir that's uh, mm-hmm. tough to pull away from. How did you, and maybe this is part of the story about how you started your, your Chelco consulting, but was, did you have a, a plan at that point or did you just know, I just can't do this anymore? Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I actually was uh, very interested in starting my own business or buying a business when I joined DNY uh, back in 1990. Okay. And um, so I was, I really had the entrepreneurial bug at that point. <clears throat> and I thought, well, you know, Starting something from scratch at ENY is pretty good practice, and I'm going to learn a lot as part of ENY, and it's a little easier to do with their brand and, and money. And let me give this a try for three to five years, and mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, it was nine, um, and I learned an awful lot. And uh, you know, riding back from uh, Hong Kong, that was this was a, a blessing actually. I couldn't sleep on airplanes. Um, so it gave me a lot of time in the middle of the night to be, uh, writing down what's important to me. What am I looking for? What am I trying to accomplish? What are the main ingredients? Who should I talk to? All this kind of stuff. I just would be mapping out in the middle of the night while everyone else on the plane is sleeping. And, um, you know, it, it helped me. Um, I ended up joining a large regional brokerage firm for a couple of years, uh, which, um, you know, was part of the networking process. But, you know, found I, I really wasn't satisfied. I didn't like the uh, transactional nature of their work. I wanted to get into more of an independent environment, mm-hmm. kind of like I had at ENY where there was a big separation. But who do you work for? You work for the client and your bread's not buttered anywhere else. And, and it just it was a business model where I, I wanted to get back and uh, do things in a different way. And um, it candidly and this is this is just one of those funny things of life one of those gifts from god i got kicked in the butt from somebody who was a direct report to me that got the ceo to blink and um and it was that kick in the butt that really finally got me to make the move to start my Mm. own business Mm. and uh, and i'm so grateful for it and the uh you know it was somebody who had been undermining me and i thought i'm gonna just Mm. take the high road and eventually, you know, doing the right thing is going to play out uh, well. Uh, but in the meantime, I was still getting undermined uh, mm. to the point that the CEO blinked. And um, and it was a blessing to me. So, yeah. You know. It set up the next, uh, the rest of the story. Yeah. And and I, I remembered, uh, you know, my wife was like, I was 43, I think, at the time. And, you know, she's like, you sure you don't want to wait till the kids are through college, you know, and stuff. Is this really a good time to take that risk? And, and, you know, I thought uh, at that point in my career and the amount I was getting paid, you know, I really couldn't afford not to succeed. Um, you know, uh, nobody was going to pay me a lot of money and, and me not produce results. So mm-hmm. might as well do it the way I really felt the Lord was calling me to do it. Well, you know? it was your, um, and we'll get into your, you know, kind of your faith story, um, as it relates to your business, you know, here in a minute, but at, during this transitional period where you're leaving this large firm and thinking about starting on your own, what, where was your, um, 
your faith as a part of that journey at that point? Oh, it was a big part. Um, it was. Because when, when I've, um, you know, when I've thought about work uh, and life and faith, you know, I've, uh, I was fortunate at Prudential, at Ernst & Young, um, even at the re- regional brokerage firm that uh, everybody supported what I was doing, you know, uh, with community mm-hmm. initiatives, um, involvement with uh, Clinton Leadership Prayer Breakfast and so forth, and Fellowship of Christian Athletes that I was on the board of for many years. And, you know, but I, I felt like I was doing those things around my work, you know, in the off hours, you know, so I, I, I worked you know, 70 hours a week or whatever it is. And then uh, on weekends and evenings, I have this faith and family life. Hmm. And um, I didn't like that model. <laughs> I wanted, the, <laughs> I wanted the, the faith model to be a uh, 24-7 type arrangement. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it was how do I, um, how do I integrate my faith into what I do uh, and into the business so that it's uh, an expression and a living out of my faith uh, as opposed to two separate things, living this dual life. Yeah. Um, and so, so it's a dream come true yeah. wow. uh, to be able to finally make that happen. And it, again, it took the kick in the butt to finally yeah. go out and do it. No, thankful for that <laughs> kick in the butt. Everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> During the moment, it's like, oh man, this stinks or, you know, why is this going down? But, right. um, right. It, it's usually, uh, I never know, a would setup. have asked for it, but I'm thankful I got it. Yeah. For sure. And that's a good thing for anyone to hear, you know, especially when, when you're in that season, it, it feels, uh, it can feel hopeless or, you know, you don't know, you know, why those things are going down, but you just, you know, having that trust and faith that, you know, it is a setup for something better. Mm -hmm. So it was that then the impetus to start, uh, the Chuck Go consulting group and was, you know, being able to live your faith out at work. Was that, I'm guessing those were all the factors that were kind of playing into starting that business. Exactly. And, um, and then, the big question becomes, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, which has really been, you know, it's still a journey 20 years later as to uh, what does that mean? Um, and I remember um, talking to a number of people. Uh, I, I had the blessing in the 90s of being a part of a um, Christian, um, kind of a, a CEO Bible study mm-hmm. group that Gordon Heffern led. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was used to be the chairman of uh, uh, Key Bank, and uh, Russ Gifford was also very active in that. He was the CEO and chairman of um, East Ohio Gas Company, and Jack Kuhn from um, uh, Four City at the time, uh, Jim Mastandria, Judge Randy Baxter, just a great group of guys. And wow. uh, you know, and, and I don't know how I got to the table there with them, but <laughs> I was just drinking and soaking up from these. You know, very senior business people. Um, you know what life's about, and uh, I learned so much from them. And when I started, um, you know, to, to shape uh, my own business, uh, I went back to a number of them one on one. And like I, I remember having this discussion with Jim Mastandria, and uh, Jim was the CEO of a uh, real estate investment trust. And I said, Jim, I, I want to start a um, a Christian business. And um, he's like, well, there is no thing, such thing as a Christian business. There are, there are Christians in business, but there's not a Christian business. And hmm. I didn't expect that uh, answer. And I thought, I'm not sure I agree. Um, hmm. And in fact, I had the same discussion with Jim. I replayed <laughs> this discussion with him 
um, when I was traveling down to the most recent ISI conference. Uh, he's mm-hmm. in Houston now, and I reconnected with him, talked to him for about an hour, <laughs> going down there, replaying some of this, and said, you know, I, I sort of feel like there's a Christian church, and a Christian church is made up of Christian people that, um, you know, uh, are together for a purpose. And, uh, and I think we can do the same thing with a business. Um, so I still kind of moved ahead with it anyhow, uh, but try to figure out what, so what does that mean? Um, you know, does that mean that I expect people to hire me because I'm Christian? No, you know, I expect them to hire me or hire us because we're competent and we're going to deliver value and stuff like that, but we're going to do it in a certain way. And, um, you know, how do we show it on our website? How do we deal with it in recruiting? How do we deal with it day to day in the business? All these questions come up, which really have been a fascinating uh, journey to address and to live out. Wow. I have so many questions, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because, you know, I would I would label my business, you know, as. I don't know that I would call it a Christian business. I would think I'd call it more Christians in business. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, I like the challenge. I like your mindset and where it's at. Um, what, how does it look when you're, when you were building this team? I mean, you know, we start, you were obviously employee number one, but as you're building it out, was it, do you only recruit and employ Christians? No, not at all. Uh, okay. <clears throat> but uh, it probably does come out in recruiting uh, more so than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and we happen to have it in our, uh, our mission statement on the website. I think that's about the only place you see that specifically. Um, and I do notice that, you know, people in the recruiting process tend to look pretty carefully at the website and pick up on those things. Mm. Uh, we talk to people about our business model. We talk to them about how we, what we do, how we do it, you know, what the career progression is, all that kind of stuff. And if somebody says, you know, I'm interested in joining you. Um, then, you know, at the tail end, we say, well, you know, let me just tell you a little bit about our norms here in the office. And, uh, and uh, we say, you know, you don't have to be Christian. Um, and, you know, you're, you're welcome to express your own faith your own way. Uh, but I do want to let you know that, you know, we have a standing Monday morning meeting uh, and we start it in prayer and um, you don't have to start it in prayer, but just want to let you know that we do that. And I want you to be comfortable with that. Or if you're not comfortable, not be surprised. Um, And, and we pray before meals and, and we pray for each other when, you know, we have ill family members and stuff like that. And, and we tend to do our charitable efforts, uh, for Christian causes and, and get involved with Christian causes. And, and that's just kind of the environment you're walking into and, and want you to be aware of that and not be surprised. Hmm. So you're just very, very upfront, very clear about, it. I'm just reading your mission statement here. Yeah. Um, you know, we are a Christian business dedicated to, you know, doing what you do, but right. you're just very, I mean, it's right there, right in front of you. Right. So there's no way to, no way to miss it. Has it ever, uh, created an issue where, you know, Hey, yeah, I'm okay with that. And I want to work here, but it, you know, down the line, as time goes on, it's, it's become an issue. Uh, not that I'm aware of. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, know, there's, um, you know, again, different people have different, uh, faith journeys Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I'm thrilled with the team we have. 
Uh, I think we've got some great people. I think mm-hmm. we've got a special culture. Um, it's a, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's a pinch me opportunity to uh, work with a lot of great people that have common values and beliefs. And, uh, and we're doing great work for our clients. And, and it's just a blast. That's fantastic. You know? And what an awesome uh, story of you feeling that tension of you know, not wanting to just have the faith and family and faith component of your life in the, I guess, in the sidelines and the weekends or the nights, you know, but be able to live it out, you know, every day, which is what you wanted when you were, you know, in Hong Kong and, and feeling that, that tension. So I think it's awesome that you could make that transition and over time, you know, really, you know, build the life that, you know, that you got that vision from God and you're just executing on it. And well, it's what a, a blessing. It is a tremendous blessing. And, you know, I'm so grateful for it. And, um, you know, there are times when, um, you know, we get to spots where <clears throat> you're tempted to veer off, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. chase the money or, or to compete in a particular situation. But uh, we've uh, been able to stay true and, um, you know, God's been, in, you know, Another aspect of this is a, is a mindset I've adopted that um, there really is no competition for serving the people that God has called us to serve. Hmm. And um, our job is to get out there and find out who they are, We're, you know, kind of like Gideon and, uh, you know, go into the camp and, and find out if God's been there before you or not. And uh, fortunately, he's been uh, out in front of us in many situations and helped us uh, get matched up with people that, uh, are interested in, you know, what we do and how we do it. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, that is so encouraging. And, um, and so how many years has it been at this point since uh, when did you, we're celebrating our 20th, um, the, you know, the actual anniversary is in August of this year. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's Thank so, you. so awesome. Well, I know uh, you gave some great examples there of some norms and how you run, you know, the Christian business. And, you know, I wanted to just chat for a few on the Christian Business Owners Fellowship, which is one of the ways that you and I got connected on, on a different level. But was that always a part of, um, tell me a little bit about the story behind CBOF and and as it relates to Chilco. Yeah. So early on, I got connected with, uh, you know, as I <clears throat> was starting to work my friends and, and connections with, you know, how do I do this and what does it mean and mm-hmm. uh, so forth. I was connected with uh, somebody by the name of Randy Vesco, mm-hmm. uh, who at the time was uh, attending Bay Press, and he was uh, leading a uh, FCCI group, Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. And uh, I joined Randy and a group of other guys um, that were meeting regularly at Bay Press um, on these issues of, um, you know, how, how do you lead a company for Christ? And um, it was just a great experience. Uh, FCCI uh, used to be a fellowship of companies for Christ. They added the international element. It really became a big effort on FCCI's part to go global. And and candidly, we were a group of you know young startups uh, that didn't have a lot of money in our pocket, and the uh, the due system of FCCI was uh, was burdensome for some people, and we're like. Do we really need to, you know, be chunking out thousands of dollars to get together with each other and um, and share our faith and business challenges? And why don't we just, you know, form a fellowship ourselves uh, mm-hmm. for Christian business owners and and CEOs? And um, 
you know, we can do our own fellowship meetings. We can do our own um, dinner type events. We can do uh, our own advisory councils when people need it. You know, let's, we can put this together and just, um, and do it without it being a due structure, but be a voluntary structure. Uh, so we've been yeah. doing that for, you know, I don't know, 17 years now, probably. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and just share a little bit about the ways where people could, you know, connect or how, how CBOF serves. Yeah. Uh, well, let me, first of all, thanks. Uh, let me say, uh, Christian business owners.net is the website. Um, you will see as a volunteer organization, it's not the, uh, highest, uh, tech, most current website, <laughs> but you it gets can, it, it gets it done. That's yeah, all. But you can see that there's a lot of great content out there, great resources, video clips on prior speakers and, and the like. Um, so, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, has, has been created over time. We've been blessed with some tremendous speakers. They were typically dinner events down in Independence at Shula's, mm-hmm. you know, at the Doubletree. Um, then when COVID hit, we started going virtual uh, to the video conference type events. And uh, so you'll see some of those. You were a recent participant on that, mm-hmm. which we very much appreciate. That's fun. Uh, um, so there's great content. And I imagine uh, we'll go back to the dinner format because I, I think we do want to be in person and, and have that opportunity to spend time and break bread with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a fellowship group meeting, which, uh, I host, um, uh, it's the second and fourth Thursday, uh, in the morning at 7am. And we just started a new book called breakfast with Fred, yeah. uh, which, um, actually yesterday was our very first meeting. It's, uh, something that was written, uh, from Fred Smith Jr. Who was a person in Dallas. I did not know this is not the Fred Smith that started FedEx. Uh, but this was a business person that uh, seemingly was kind of a leader and a mentor for an amazing group of people um, like, um, you know, uh, Maxwell, um, uh, Zig Ziglar, uh, mm-hmm. Billy Graham, you know, just a, a, a cr- amazing Malcolm Baldridge, a lot of, a lot of amazing folks um, that he has had a tremendous impact on. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good book. I uh, I read it. I was gonna gonna join, and I've enjoyed the you know the first the first chapter um, of the book, and it's, it looks like a good one. So. Yeah, the whole that that basic concept of uh, you know, are you a firefighter or are you building something? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a great question. You know, and are we managing ourselves well enough? I love it. That that could be a whole another episode. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing the story and uh, just being authentic and, you know, sharing how you going from big firm to, you know, the, the inkling to start your own and, and the way that you did it and the way that you lead. And it's, um, it's been a pleasure, you know, interacting with you and I look forward to, to doing more over, over time. And I know you got a chance to, um, you were on the panel at ISI. So I was just, you know, curious about what you see with ISI and just your experience as a, as a panelist or what you, what you've seen in terms of ISI so far and um, just your observations of the organization. Well, I love what you're doing. Um, And I, you know, my hats off to you and Joe and the others that are involved. Um, It's, it's tremendous, you know, and the, and the the stuff you do at your office with the Bible study and so forth. um, 
men need this, uh, mm-hmm. women need this, everybody needs it. But, um, you know, there's, I think there's value. I've got a, a men's Bible study that I've hosted for 20 years or so at home. And we've got separately a couple's group and my wife is separately in a women's group. And I think that, you know, there are times to be together and there's times to be separate. Sure. Um, but uh, we're all on this um, journey and it's a challenge. Um, and it is so important not to go alone uh, mm-hmm. and the whole iron sharpens iron concept is a critical concept. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. You're being very thoughtful about it. You're investing your time, your resources. Uh, I think bringing Al Shearbaum on was a great move. Uh, Al and I knew each other well from fellowship Christian athletes days. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just, uh, it's terrific. I, I started listening to coach Theo, uh, his podcast <laughs> now too, you know, he yeah. gets me, uh, fired up also. Yeah, if you don't get fired up after listening to Coach Theo, you're on a check your pulse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so it's good food for the soul. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it was a pleasure for me to be there. It was uh, actually uh, a little bit of an internal struggle that oh, I'm one of the old guys now uh, <laughs> oh, coming no. to share my wisdom of uh, all these years. Uh, I didn't envision I'd get here so fast, you know. But uh, right. but it was great to be with the guys and uh, to share some of my history and, and some of my experiences. And uh, candidly, I got pretty emotional a couple times, which um, I didn't anticipate. Hmm. Uh, but it was it was moving for me, too. That's good. You know, it's very much like you mentioned the group that you found yourself in with, you know, Gordon and those guys. And, you know, you were soaking it all up at that point. And that's, you know, that's a big part of you know, you're, there's a time to soak it up and there's a time to, you know, wring it out. And mm-hmm. so appreciate, you know, you're doing that and um, I'm sure there's more to come there. Yeah. It is. Did you read any of the prep stuff in the uh, breakfast with Fred book? Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, his whole concept of stretching others, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it made me think of uh, like Bill Ryan's, um, you know, love Christ contagiously, you know, um, mm-hmm. and just, just having a heart for others and pouring into others. And I'm kind of, you know, more and more at that stage of my life where that's what I want to do is pour into others uh, to the degree, you know, I have something that can help them uh, along the way with their journey. Um, So it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. Um, It's been a blessing doing, doing it. And it's been, it's been fun to see, got to work through the organization and it's just, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. just to be, you know, just to be obedient. I feel like that's all we can really do is do our part and be obedient and just kind of watch, uh, got to orchestrate things. And And, and you just, you don't know uh, how the Lord will use it, but he will use it in amazing ways. And, Mm -hmm. um, and there's just nothing more exciting when you see somebody's, um, you know, catches the Holy spirit and, you know, just goes on fire and, uh, and is so excited about their faith and to be able to help, contribute to that is, uh, is just such a blessing. Totally. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, I just, you know, wanted to transition a little bit of the conversation to some of the similar, uh, you know, closing questions that are more about you and, you know, some, some thoughts you have, but for you, um, one of the questions I'm always curious about, we, and we're just followed up on national, you know, four, eight day here, you know, yesterday, uh, so we're recording this on four, nine. Oh, that's but, um, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Which I love that book, by the way, the four, eight principle is a fabulous book. 
Yeah, Tommy, uh, Tommy Newberry. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was our first guest, actually, uh, first podcast guest on the on the show. I remember listening to that. Yes. Yeah, I was very intimidated because um, I had never done an interview and we did it in his office after one of his coaching sessions and uh, it was good and you know it was, it was hard to conduct the interview because I just wanted to listen to him talk more but I, <laughs> I had to think about the questions and you know keeping the flow going but it was yeah. um, I, it was I, awesome. I bought copies of his book and gave it to everybody on my team did you oh yeah, that's yeah, awesome yeah. yeah he's he's um he's an awesome guy and mm. it's amazing amazing stuff that he has put together but um yeah so for you what you know, when I think about joy and gratitude, uh, you know, for you, what, what brings you the most joy, Rick? Well, I, I love being with my family. Um, and I would say, you know, most recently, um, we happen to, uh, be boaters, uh, and, uh, getting the family out on the lake together, uh, especially with the young grandkids and teaching them, you know, uh, <laughs> how to enjoy the water. Um, it, it has been terrific. I would say as much as I hated this whole lockdown of COVID, being out on the water and, uh, and it was a very nice boating year last year, uh, with the family was just a tremendous blessing. It was one of the things we did as kind of a safe thing. Um, I love fellowshipping, uh, with my two primary, uh, men's groups, you know, the Bible study that, uh, I've had at home for 20 years and, and also the CBOF guys there. Um, they just, mean so much to me. They provide an anchor, they provide guidance and support. Um, it's just, it's what life's about, I think. Um, and then to a lesser degree, you know, I'm a bit of a sports junkie. Uh, so <laughs> I like, like playing basketball. I haven't been able to play it since COVID. Uh, I picked up pickleball instead, uh, <laughs> been a golfer, uh, maybe I should say hacker. Uh, it yeah. is, as you know, when the weather permits, I love to water ski too. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, that, a lot of fun there. Those are definitely joyful, all joyful activities. Yeah. yeah for me, sometimes golf is more enjoyable than others, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, uh, but um, I wish I could get to that point in my golf game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I wish I could get back there too. But uh, you mentioned the 4-8 principle, but any other, you know, top book recommendations or maybe one that you're reading now that is making an impact? Well, I mean, we just talked about Breakfast with Fred. Yeah, but, Breakfast I mean, with Fred is probably the most, uh, is the one I just started. Um, yeah. One that I, um, you know, has helped shape me as a as a business leader uh, is Love Works by Joel Mamby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really nice, uh, simple, straightforward book. Um, it, you know, it's, I think, a, a management principle of uh, leading with love, which I think is really good. And uh, I got a lot out of his book. I've gotten a lot out of his video broadcast too. Um, Most recently I was just on vacation and uh, I read extreme ownership by Jocko Willink, uh, which I thought also was an excellent book and, and got me to kind of rethink of sharpening up some of the management things. It's not a, uh, it's not a Christian message. It's, it's more of a leadership message. Uh, but, um, I, I would also highly recommend that to anybody that's in uh, business leadership roles. Yeah, it's good. Intense, but yeah, yeah. Makes you, makes you look in the mirror. I love that. All, all his stuff. Good recommendations. Thanks for sharing. You bet. What about a, uh, maybe a life first one that you've had for a while, or maybe one that, you know, right now is, is front and center for you. 
Yeah, you know, I would say uh, there's one for me. Uh, our our business verse is you know Luke six thirty one, which is the golden rule, um, and we have that uh, you know across our wall, and it's kind of been the foundation for our uh, our values and what mm-hmm. we describe as our maxims. Um, and I, I want to circle back to that, uh, but. You know, personally, um, you know, Second Corinthians three five uh, has uh, really kind of embedded in my heart as of late that uh, not you know it's not that we're sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, uh, but our sufficiency is from God, hmm. and um, and I think it's just a it has helped me kind of set my positioning in um, in life and in work that uh, just so grateful it all comes from him you know it's not nothing of this is from us mm. it all comes from him that's awesome uh, thanks for sharing yeah hey, did you want to circle back to the, the yeah I, I will say you know one of the things that was an early learning experience uh, <laughs> you know we we do um, healthcare benefits consulting to large companies and uh, sometimes you know it's just relationships and you know knowing people is how business develops but other times it's market, you know, it's uh, RFPs mm-hmm. that we're responding to. And um, I remembered uh, proposing to one company that I thought we would get hired for. We didn't. And uh, one of the pieces of feedback I got was that, uh, you know, the golden rule seemed a little too folksy and they were expecting <laughs> us to have, uh, you know, more formal uh, set of five or six core values and so forth. And, uh, and I thought, folksy, huh? <laughs> if you really understand the golden rule and if you really approach everything you do that way, it is such an important thing. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, uh, it guides behaviors all over the place and all those other things come along with it, you know, but, uh, I said, I think I'm still sticking with the golden rule. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and we, we've played out maxims since then, which is, you know, kind of, mm. what, so what does this mean in reality? Um, how does, how does it, how do we treat, uh, vendors? How do we serve clients? What do we do when, you know, we're wrong? You know, we've, mm-hmm. we, we've tried to add some flesh to how that has a practical application in what we do, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, whether somebody thinks it's folksy or a cliche or not, um, it's at the heart of what we do. Yeah. I love it. doesn't sound folksy to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it well, wasn't, it wasn't a client that God called us to serve, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a blessing somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is awesome. Well, we'll, um, when we post this episode to the website, we'll have uh, links to you know, your website for the company, but also to CBOF and, and uh, other ways to to connect with you. And um, I just appreciate, you know, appreciate you and sharing your story and uh, just appreciate, you know, you being wanting to be authentic. I think, you know, the whole, right, as you were talking and, you know, conducting this conversation, I'm thinking about the ISI wheel and challenging, you know, our group to put faith at the center of the wheel and it impact how we work and how we lead our finances and our family and our fitness, as opposed to being a compartment. And so I, I really appreciate your, um, you know, shift, you know, in Hong Kong, when you made that decision to, to say, you know, I don't want it to be just a part of my life. I want it to be you know, every day, authentic. You know, yeah, who and, I am. and it's, it's funny when I can look back at it now and say, well, <laughs> duh, <laughs> I mean, you know, how do you think God looks at your life? Yeah. 
does God want anybody to compartmentalize life? And why, and why was I doing it beforehand? Uh, you know, it was just, uh, it seems so obvious when you look at the Bible and you look at God's perspective, but it took me a while to get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you got it and you're doing it and living it out and, and changing lives. And I think it's awesome. So Thank I, you. I appreciate you on that. And um, would you mind closing us in a word of prayer? Oh, I'd be happy to. Lord, we thank you for all your gifts. Um, we we know that you know the the opportunity to serve you each day is a blessing in and of itself. Uh, pray that you know if anything that we've talked about today uh, can have a a meaningful impact upon those that listen to this podcast, that it will fall on tender hearts and uh, be well received and. Uh, and be able to truly help that person move closer to you and to enjoy your joy, your everlasting joy, Lord, and your fulfillment. Um, Lord, we thank you for what uh, Nick and Joe and, and Al and everybody else with ISI Life are doing to, uh, to help men um, become better servants of you, uh, to, be, to develop closer relationships to you, to understand your love and uh, and your saving grace and uh, Lord not just for ourselves but for others that we may serve them with joy Amen Amen Wow such an awesome conversation with Rick uh, I feel so personally lucky and blessed to be able to connect with uh, our audience and our, our guest speakers and, and just learn so much and you know just some takeaways that I have after our conversation is you know, for someone who is, um, you know, at that age of mid 40s and uh, early 40s family, you know, doing very well financially to to listen to the nudge and the, the, you know, the whispers that he's getting from God and actually to take action on those. To me, that's one of the big things is sometimes we know, you know, we're getting a, a nudge to do something and we uh, put it aside and, you know, he listened to it and he wanted to live an authentic, you know, fully integrated life where, you know, faith was a part of what he was doing every day. And I just commend him so big on, on taking action on that, making that a reality. And um, that's just an awesome thing. So another thing was, that he mentioned too was, you know, just the idea of being present, you know, as a, as a you know business owner, ministry leader, you know, sometimes when you're with family, just you're, you're there, but you're not really all there. Uh, you're there in physical, but maybe not there mentally, emotionally, spiritually in all the ways. So I love that gut check. It's a good one for me. It's a good one, you know, to be able to, you know, be where your feet are. So I, uh, I thank Rick for the conversation and I hope you guys all enjoyed listening in. And until next time, think big, God bless and stay sharp, everybody.